and novelty songs. Spurs, girls, and novelty songs. Spurs, girls, and novelty songs. Spurs, girls, and novelty songs. Hey, you know what, guys? It's our it's a new year for us on the podcast, but let's look at let's look back. Let's let's this cold open. Let's take a look back. We didn't we forgot to do this last episode. Oh, shit. So we got a review. Let's take a look forward. So wait, our cold open is the look is the look back. We're going to look back in a cold open. What were what were the best spoof movies we've done and the worst spoof movies we've done, gentlemen? This is hmm. too not. This is too on the rails. I can't do this. This is too much. Yeah, we need to add a zany element. Just, Everybody speak more zany okay. when you answer. This is too okay. much for me. What if we all do characters? No, I don't want to do that either. Let's do let's do our favorite characters. My least favorite movie was movies. Meet the Feebles. Wow. Um, Feebles is nice. <laughs> this is what i'm talking about i'm i'm uh, peter falk i'm the uh, the chief detective they've wrapped filming uh, borat 2 yes borat 2 is happening is that, that for is real true. yeah that's yeah. real oh my god he screened it for people and everything yep sasha baron conan went viral in two ways one was talking about how social media and facebook is a disaster which is great because mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. uh follow us on facebook by the way and, uh, and Twitter and Instagram. Has the, anyone done like a like an intense like deep dive study of you know that photo of Zuckerberg where he's like parasailing or whatever, yes. and he's got his face is like white like a French clown like yes. Uh, they haven't like what do you mean by study? There's like uh, how did, is it the lighting? Does he have something on his face? Like just he's how got did this sunscreen occur? on his face? Okay. It's sunscreen, yeah. yeah. And he did just around. He's like the bottom of my chin won't get sunburned. Yeah. And like the back sort of side of my cheek won't get sunburnt. I don't, Scott, I can't answer these questions. You have to like and subscribe on Facebook for, to get <laughs> where we answers. answer these. Yeah. yeah. Okay. This is our Kelly, you had a, content. Your second uh, take on Sasha Baron Cohen? Oh, he did. He, he, he do a Borat. <laughs> well, I'm glad we came back to you for that. You Welcome to. to Spoof Scoops and Novelty Songs. So now we're doing the real. Now we're up the podcast about dumb shit. And now we're doing the real review. Now we're doing the real thing. First of all, let's talk about what we're talking about today. Mm-hmm. It's we call it AP two TS WS. You get college credit for this one, boys. <laughs> That's right. We're returning to Austin Powers for his second installment, The Spy Who Shagged Me. Where it all began, boys. We started with the first Austin Powers, and we're back to the second one. Whenever I go home, um, it's, this movie takes me back because it's it's college, sophomore year, midterms. I just got done with my finals, and it was hard, and I was I'm exhausted, but I can't wait to get home to hang out with my mom, dad, and sisters for a good holiday vacation with them and my mom's like kelly you're coming home it's been a while since i've seen you what do you want me to make and i say mom take the fridge throw it out put austin powers 2 in that dvd player for me because that is what we are watching as soon as i get home and my favorite movie was white hot american summer that we've done Scott, what was your favorite movie? Get, first, I need an anecdote about Austin Powers 2, and then I need your favorite and least favorite spoof movie. Oh, my done. God. Well, this is the Austin Powers that I've seen the least, so, like, wow. my only anecdote can be, like, 
I had to watch it for a podcast, so I <laughs> sat oh, down no, on my couch. Oh, no, you stole Marty's anecdote. <laughs> and I turned it on, and we'll see the, the rest. You'll have to wait to find out. Uh, and my favorite movie we talked about, hmm, I'll Steal Marty's also and Say Walk Hard. <laughs> yes, my favorite would be Walk Hard for the movies we've done. For the spoof, the spoofs we've done. Least favorite spoof is obvious. It's Hungover Games. Nothing even comes close. Uh, and American Carol my, comes close. Yeah, same. American Carol's pretty bad. So is Year One. So is Ridiculous Six. <laughs> Those are all really bad. I don't uh, know. I just think Hungover Cars. Just because of the the ordering and everything that that last uh, uh, Fatal Instinct one was like that it, one was, was pretty, pretty bad. It also, I was gonna say it wasn't for me. So f- the Feebles was bad, but um, what was the movie that I had to watch in like 480p, but one fourth of that, so like 160p? <laughs> Johnny Dangerous. Johnny oh, Dangerous. Yeah. That one was very again just the, the medium it was in. I think the medium it was in, and it's not it's not the movie. We should do fault. that one again. It's yeah, no, that movie I, was really fuck good. Fuck you, you guys. No, I'm, I'm not, not doing that one again. I'm not kidding. That I'm one was one of the better ones we've done. We have to watch I it in quit, IMAX. That's the, the only podcast. way and to to reverse it. To reverse it, we have to watch it in IMAX and like real D eight eight K four D. Yeah, like no, and Marty has to like have a fan and like a squirt gun and 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 like some like incense to. Enhance it. If I'm not hearing <laughs> him slip on a banana peel in 7.1 Dolby Digital, <laughs> then, what the, then what am I even doing with my life? <sighs> so we've reached it. Austin Powers 2, The Spy Who Shagged Me. Austin Danger Powers was born in 1941 to Nigel and Mrs. Powers, the second child of the couple <laughs> after older brother Doug Powers. At a young age, Austin seemingly lost his mother and brother due to an assassination attempt on Austin's father, who was a spy for the British government. Not much else is known about Austin Powers' life at this time, likely due to his eventual job. Following in his father's footsteps, Austin Somebody too would become wait, 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 a secret let's actually agent. Un- are you waiting that. for us to stop you? Somebody is took that the what's file. Happening? I'm stopping him right now. Hold on. Somebody took. Somebody has deleted Austin's files from that time. Is what this is implying. <laughs> Uh, gentlemen, I re-listened to our first episode today, and that was the same bit that I did <laughs> to open that episode. Oh man, no wonder we don't have any <laughs> listeners. <laughs> Somebody can't. Somebody's uh, like, I'll check back one year later, <laughs> and they're like, he's doing the same fucking. Oh yeah, every episode is like this. <laughs> well, episode one was pretty bad, but episode fifty-two can't be. It can't be that. <laughs> they can't do that that bit again. <laughs> Turns out they can. (laughs) (sighs) We return once again to Austin Powers. Another James Bond spoof. This one specifically, uh, the title at least, is specifically spoofing The Spy Who Loved Me. This was a massive hit at the box office, making over $300 million. Not as well regarded as the first one. Review-wise, it was very middling. Mostly negative reviews, actually, for this. Uh, But this movie really cashed in on Michael Mayer's bankability as a charming comedy star because that is the thing that i think people really gravitated towards these movies as spoof movies specifically because they loved austin powers they loved dr evil and they were like we need more of that and austin and mike myers took that to heart and thought what if i just play more characters in the movie (laughs) we'll talk about whether that worked or not this movie was nominated for an oscar can you guys guess what 
category it was nominated for. Mm, best cinematography. Best special <laughs> wow. effects? No. Makeup. Best makeup for the fat bastard suit, which I think looks terrible. Like, I think it's a terrible, like, prosthetic. I think it's to supposed be honest. to look terrible. Well, I agree, but <laughs> nominated that's for why an they Oscar. It. Yeah. <laughs> so, gentlemen, what do you think of Austin Power to kick off a new year? Of Spoof's Ghost songs, what do you think of The Spy Who Shagged Me? I'd like, I'll start. It was fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, to piggyback off Kelly, uh, uh, part of me is like, they're just doing variations on all the same bits that they did in the okay. last one. Yeah, and they're just I, doing like a here's a new take on the same format of joke we did. Here's and, here's mine. Oh, oh, hey, Kelly, please uh, allow me to finish here, okay? Okay, go. <laughs> uh, there's still problematic bits. There's still mm-hmm. uh, 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 some of these characters are are sort of like charmless and 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 uh, the story is kind of like meandering. But you know what? There's just something about that Austin Powers. There's just some kind of X factor where yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's like or a part of it still like enjoys it on like uh two levels of like uh it's kind of funny, but it's also funny to think of them thinking it's funny. If you want to compare it to year one, this movie really swings for the fences. Like this movie does not, they do not rest on their laurels. Like you think they, like they do the thing where they do just a lot of the same jokes they did in the first movie, but there's so much in this movie where they're just going for it. And they're trying so hard to make sure they're not just doing repeats. Like they're obviously trying to hit. These were the bits that everybody loved in the first one. Let's like repeat those again, but they really do swing for the fences with this movie. I was surprised that this held up as much as it did, even though I think there's a lot of really bad parts in this movie. And overall, I think the satire, the satirical aspects of this movie are horrific. And I think the idea, the fact that this movie has the exact opposite point to the first one, which the first one is about feminism and misogyny. And this one is just like, what if we just have it be about Austin Powers? He's, he can't get it up anymore. Isn't that great? And all the characters are super wooden and shit. Uh, but I was overall surprised that it was still pretty funny. As a you know what comedy. I when I said it was fine before, I was kind of joking. I think it's pretty good. It's real. It's like it's just a fun movie. Um, I oddly do have fond memories of this. This is one of those movies that my mom really liked. So. We would watch it together, and I just realized that we sort of bonded over this type of comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, but she lost me when she was a fan of Norbit, and I was like, "Mom, that's not cool." <laughs> so, yeah, uh, that is. And I was. Uh, I also uh, want to say that Brian Wilson's yeah. favorite movie. Brian Wilson has gone on the record to say yes, that, I've seen that Norbit so. is his favorite movie. How can you like something that's like so objectively bad? Uh, I I wrote here that it does take a lot of swings, and I think it just hits a lot with a lot of the swings it takes. Um, yeah, I think it withstands the test of time. I think it also realized with the first movie, oh, we've got all these good bits that we can kind of reinvent. You know, if it's not broken, don't fix it type stuff. But it does add a lot to. Like Seth Green's character grows. He's got like a new enemy in Mini Me, which like Mini Me is problematic in its own right, but 
It was 2001, baby. 1999? 1999. Is that you, Austin? Baby. Randy. I love the intro sequence, like right out of the gate. Mm -hmm. It's just like, this is what you're getting into. Cover your child's eyes if you brought them to this film because it's, but it's also like playful. You know what I mean? Like, it's not that raunchy. No, I, I like it. I, I'm only making a face because I actually, my issue with that is just that every single thing is just like, uh, the, it just ends up with the exact same framing and the exact same text display covering Austin Powers junk. And like, well, it's just the same joke over and over the, again. So I like, I like how playful it is, but I, I thought it was like, eh, I like the a little. Text, the text displays was where they got lazy, but in the actual yeah. practical points where like they would have like a big slab of meat and then they would chop off the tip and then yeah like when he's like rocking back and forth like Mm -hmm. i think i remember reading an interview or maybe it was on conan o'brien needs a friend and mike myers just talking about how much they enjoyed like filming that at the same time it was so difficult to get it just perfect like to coordinate it which like i can only imagine but yeah i don't know i was a big fan of that i think uh they redo the like Elvis Costello is the live musician this time. Um, Burt Backrack is in it though. He's still he's playing piano at yeah, the moment. They do that the, scene like really fucking fell flat. By the way, IMO that was one oh, of yeah, like the worst no, scenes. I the Elvis Costello scene was definitely like not as good as in the first movie when yeah. Austin introduced him and it was like more surprising. And they were on the bus in Vegas. Yeah. It's so romantic. And in, in this one, he's like doing like funny dancing, but it's like obviously like they're like, yeah, and on the day we'll just, he'll, he'll just do some like funny dancing. <laughs> and it's just like, yeah. they really also used, they had like that London Times Square set thing that they built and they, they just like used the shit out of that set. They kept coming back to that for scenes. It was like crazy. I'm like, we're fucking at this t-shirt shop again outside. <laughs> Like this shop or wherever they are, what the fuck is happening? Why do we keep coming back to this? I, I'm an idiot because that didn't bother me. I didn't notice that at all. I I, I liked like, how no, it doesn't make you an idiot. <laughs> I liked how like kitschy it was with that stuff too, where they're like driving on L.A. cliff sides, and they he says, you know what's crazy is how much this uh, L.A. doesn't look like uh, London. I think he says or whatever. No, he's like, it's he crazy how London doesn't look like uh, Southern California. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, that's pretty. That's like a good meta little wink because yeah. it's like, yeah, might as well point it out if you're gonna like do that shit. Right, right. And then the Will Ferrell scene, like before, kind of Will Ferrell's mm-hmm. hitting his prime. Uh, great scene. The three questions scene. Yeah, ten out of ten. Yeah, the, I just, the three questions scene is so clever. It's such a weird like. Like, why does that work? It's just so funny. Like, to me, I thought that was, like, still so funny. The punchline is rough. The punchline where he gets confused about what the rules of asking questions yeah, are like makes no fucking sense. Of it, but everything else leading up to it where he's just like, damn, good. three times. Yes. Okay. Yes. Like, that it was stuff really was very funny. Goofy. Yeah. Um, the, it, it, it's, this movie reminds me, I think I said this about the first Austin Powers 2. It's like a time capsule within a time capsule type thing. Mm-hmm. Because you're looking... At a movie that was made in 1999, but it takes place in like the seven sixties, right? So yes, you're looking at the uh, the 1999 interpretation of the sixties, which like is this going to be one of those situations? No, it's not. Where I was, I was going <laughs> to say, you know, from now to 1999, 
is further away than 1999 was to 1969. It's pretty close, isn't it? Pretty close. Yes, it is. But yeah. Anyways. (laughs) Yeah, you got like Jerry Springer bits. You got like the different music, the Jerry Maguire reference, like just really uh, interesting references to make, I guess. But they were so relevant at the time. No Matrix. So no bullet time. No bullet time. It was, well, Matrix was this year, so yeah. it would have it would have come out about the same. I think time. they do one in Gold Member. If I, I'm sure they correctly. do. Uh, I was gonna say the Jerry Springer thing. I actually love the Jerry Springer bit in this movie. I think it's like the only time I actually thought the Seth Green character arc works in this movie at all. I loved his acting in it, and I loved just the idea of incorporating pop culture like that. A lot of spoof movies really struggle with how to do that shit. This movie actually does it in a really like clever way that actually sets up what the yeah. narrative of the story is going to be really well. And it's really funny when Dr. Evil takes the Ku Klux Klan guy's hood and yells around, he goes, runs around yelling, I've got his hat. I've got his hat. Yeah. And then he take he yells, the world is mine at the camera. Ugh, I just, that was the funniest to me, Dr. Evil and that whole arc peaked in that scene. And that's like the first scene in the movie, which is spoiler alert, how I felt about Dr. Evil and the rest of the movie. Uh, because it really drops off very quickly after that. Yeah. And becomes very gets tedious. A little obnoxious. I like the dynamic between Seth Green's character and Dr. Evil. Yeah. Uh, I think you're right. I think the way it reintroduces you into the movie is really good. Because it does the... First of all, it picks up like right where the last movie left off. Which it doesn't really have to do that. You kind of don't... I wouldn't expect that, but it does it just to be like, well, this is what happened to his old wife, essentially. They were doing... Uh, that's a take on on Her Majesty's Secret Service, because that's the sure. one Bond movie where Bond gets married, and the end of that movie is his wife dies. Uh, so they were trying to play off of that. The, the Fembot thing, I actually hate that they did this, but the punchline of <laughs> Michael York as Basil Expedition... <laughs> saying sadly we knew all along is the funniest joke in yeah. the whole movie it's so funny yeah they, they knew that a they knew and they just never told him because he was just happy him. you were so happy with her <laughs> yeah it's so good yeah it's so funny so yeah that, that reintroduction to him being excited that he's single again and then the reintroduction to dr evil and seth green and then it actually ends with jerry springer too doesn't yes. it it goes into the credits mm-hmm. on jerry springer so yeah. yeah, just a, like weirdly well structured. Um, I don't think Scott liked it nearly as much as we did. <laughs> no, I still liked it. I mean, I j- I didn't. I like I just, like a B, not a, not a B plus though, but definitely a B. Yeah, yeah, it's like a B plus for me. I I just it's just I don't know. It's just a fun. It was like a fun movie. It, I haven't. I wasn't like looking forward to watching this, but. Re- on the rewatch i'm just like oh god it's like it's hard to hate but that's because yeah i don't know it's very charming it's like, really charming it's, it's hard to be mad at yeah. for sure like i also wasn't looking forward to this because of the three of them this is the one i liked the least when i was a kid and this held up decently even mm-hmm. though like i do kind of hate that the movie goes away from the austin powers learning not to be a pig instead it kind of embraces that in this movie which is i think a a huge problem but the movie's still charming it's still enjoyable like i just yeah i don't know i was surprised that this was like as funny as it was yeah oh heather graham is terrible in this though and, and like her character is the, her character is one of the awful. worst written characters she's the main seen. female lead right yes yeah it's it's like truly it's, bad it's peak 
white male writing room. Yes, it's super this is peak. very bad. I felt very bad for her because her part her part is nothing. She has her character makes no fucking sense. Mm-hmm. Like at the end of the movie, she out of nowhere says, "I idolized you as a kid, and I always wanted to be you." It's just like, where did this come from? This is you. That's it's bad. five minutes to go. Yeah, that's bad. Like, why bring that up? Yeah. That's creepy. Yes, that makes it, it was, super yes, creepy. It made it really weird. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. Just because that was the same arc that Elizabeth Hurley had, but Elizabeth Hurley, they actually established that her mother was Austin Powers' like partner, lover. and so she actually or had a not, reason. Yeah, partner, and not yes, lover. yes. But they had a reason to have a relationship then. Yeah. But this is like it's just she's just she's just the attractive lady in this movie, and it's really weak. At least in three, we get Beyonce, who's very good at acting. And I remember it fondly, but who knows? We will see. It's been a minute since I've seen it on TBS, <laughs> which is very funny. Uh, <laughs> I believe Scott had a take on Mini Me he wanted to oh, bring. Oh, I did. Yes. Okay. Here it is. Oh wait, I need to lo- hold on. Let me gather my thoughts okay. here. Okay. I think that only Doctor Evil should be allowed to call him Mini Me. Yes. Right. That's your problem with that's it? interesting. <laughs> I actually, that's- it's not fair because what if I make yes. a Mini Me? I think everyone mini else should you. have to call him like Mini He <laughs> or like yeah they do call Mini Doctor. It is weird e. they all call him Mini Me. He sh- they should have done a joke where he's like, but I'm not, I'm not your Mini Mini You. Also, I'm Mini Me. R.I.P. Vern. Yeah, he's good in this movie. I I his character is again like just like Heather Graham. His character is like the most offensive character. They literally just treat him like he's a dog. He says but- E. <laughs> Yeah, he literally says he. But Vern Troyer, I think, is really dedicated in the oh part, God, it's and so entertaining. Yeah, he really get, does give it his all. And there's moments that he's legitimately his comic timing is really funny in this movie. Yeah, Doctor Evil. Like, maybe I'm. Tell me if I'm misremembering this. Is it kind of in the first movie? He's a little bit more stiff yes like you know what i mean because he's like supposed to be based on lorne michaels and he's like a a scientist ultimately right like he's a mad scientist so he's like a little bit more stiff to be like more of a threatening villain in the first movie and then but then the joke becomes you know the twist on that is the twist on it is him being like cool Right. right yeah um and then in this movie i think they're like they're they're really hammering that uh quite a bit and i think they they i would argue that they kind of jump the shark oh, a little bit well yeah me. and then it, it, he becomes more and more flamboyant i think and then in the next movie it's like all bets are off and then same with fat bastard fat bastard yes. in this movie it's like they set him up oh, and then oh, I, I, I mean I, I it's been a while since i've seen three but i remember him being there's a lot more jokes for Fat Bastard in the third movie. Yeah. Uh, I, I want to get to Fat Bastard, but just uh, really... Oh, f- I forgot what I was going to fuck. I oh, want wait, wait, to no, get to Fat Bastard. Dr. Evil, I want to I wanna get... Into- <laughs> Go ahead. I acknowledge it's valid to talk about Fat Bastard. You guys, we should run for Congress. We should run for Congress and hijack so many of their filibusters by talking about spoofies. I could do. I legit could probably do it for like for a long time. I have so many. No, I want to get to Fat Bastard, but just. <laughs> 
That's item B on the agenda. We will be right? getting to Fat Bastard. Don't you worry. Sustained. Item B Sustained. Overruled. <sighs> okay, but just really quick, with Dr. Evil, one of the things, one of the jokes they do with him, like, being cool is, like, him be, isn't it funny that this guy's, like, being, like, yo, dog, what up, pimp? Yeah. Like, and and I think that that's, like, a little, it's a little questionable. A lot of it that's was. All. And then speaking of questionable, now we can get to <laughs> Fat Bastard. Oh, my, my, the main question I have about Fat Bastard is, is he, is there a Bond character this guy is based on? Not, uh, I can't think of anything specific, honestly. This I'm is look just a character that Mike Myers really wanted to I think to he do. really wanted to put on the fat suit. That has to be what it was about. Like, he was just like, if we do a fat suit, it'll kill. It was, I mean, this is right after, this is after the clumps, you know, like this wasn't like mm. an un- it was a hot thing in comedy for some fucking reason to just like put on a fat suit, make jokes about how gross he is. Dude, the nineties was like pinnacle, like fat oh, for sure. Oh, like, because absolutely. like, dude, like the, the, the fucking like fast food boom of the seventies and eighties was yep. finally like reaping its effects. Right. And then like mass media, like this was like the, the like peak time for like, remember like on the like local news all the time, you would see like the obesity epidemic. And then it would just be like B rolls of like people's stomachs while they walk down the street. <laughs> Vaguely. Yes. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I feel like Fat Bastard is like born of this era. Like Heather Graham, they literally defeat Fat Bastard by Heather Graham out of fucking nowhere. Not hinted at, not built up in the movie. She just says, "Aren't you sad?" And he's like, "I am because I'm fat." And it's like this is uh, everyone knows fat people are sad. Of course they are. Of course they are. They're fat. Why wouldn't they be upset? It's like I think you could have still done this kind of character. It's just that, like, there wasn't a lot of thought put into it besides just, like, a lot of jokes about being fat. That was, like, the shtick of the character, period. Whereas, like, if you compare it to, like, other characters in this movie, like, Austin Powers has a lot of depth to him. Dr. Evil even has a lot of depth to him. Whether that works or not is, like, up for debate, I would say. But, like, Fat Bastard has no depth and no purpose besides just, like, one joke that they do in different ways. And at the time huge hit obviously people fucking love this character when it came out uh but that's the thing that ages the world like that and mini me obviously both really age terribly but yeah uh it's because they just didn't uh and it's so weird because because the rest of the movie is relatively thoughtful with its characters and the first one especially the characters are really thoughtful this one not as much but it's like people really responded to this the first movie and this movie because austin powers is a great character so is dr evil like they're just well-written comedy characters what is he even supposed to like be uh doing to austin powers who doctor why why is he why is he in this movie fat bastard yeah i think it's just a brainchild of mike myers being like oh i need I, i have an idea and i will throw it in this movie and he did and it was very successful back then but yeah it doesn't age yeah. very well it's like weirdly it's because he's so quotable. You love being in the lunch oh, line absolutely. and saying, you know, I mean, get in dude, my belly. Get in my belly. Honestly, I was typing out all this stuff being like, man, this is not working, blah, blah. And then get in my belly happens. And I still laughed. I still fucking laughed at it. It's still, I was like, God damn it. Why does this fucking make me laugh? It makes me feel so stupid when I laughed at it. But like him yelling, <laughs> get in my belly is so funny. Like, man, it made me mad. 
I, I think it's just that he wanted to keep adding characters is the thing, because obviously Goldmember, he adds another character there. And again, a big swing and a miss. Um, who gives a shit about Goldmember? Um, did he do any more than that? It was just those four, right? Oh, Mike Myers characters. Yeah, Love Guru, separate uh, universe. When are we doing that? Uh, episode... Episode uh, 150. <laughs> oh, cool. I will be here for that one. So. We gotta, oh, no. Yeah, I got <laughs> Kelly plans. Kelly died. No, I got plans. You're busy? Yeah, oh, you're I'll busy. be back for 151, but for 150, I got plans. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, we could do it from like an anthropological. Here I go again. <laughs> anthrop- anthropology, but we could do it from a, you know, look at this horrible thing. Yeah. I think I think I think we're going to do so to peel back the curtain on the podcast. I think we're going to do an Austin Powers. I guess we shouldn't like encourage people to watch no. the Love Guru like for no. any reason, even like as a hate watch. Yeah. Yeah. yeah never mind. I, I think we're going to do an Austin Powers every year for the podcast. One to kick off the new year, basically. So maybe we'll do the Love Guru if we get to that point. No, I think by the time we do episode or Austin Powers 4, it will actually be out. So I mean, they keep talking about that. So. Uh, Spy Who Shagged Me, very fun. Go pick it up at your local Blockbuster family video, Hollywood video. Um, they got a special right now. You get a free Crunchwrap Supreme at your local T-Bell when you go to rent this flick. Oh, I liked when Dr. Evil uh, uh, sang uh, What If God Was One mm. Of Us. Hold what that about, thought for our novelty song segment. What about just the two of us? Oh, baby. Hold that thought. I didn't like that hold as that much thought. because... Both? So we shouldn't talk about either of these songs. Hold hold talking about the song segment of the movie. <laughs> I will say I liked the transition scenes, like the weird 70s dumb transition scenes. They did like the yes. same thing in that 70s show. Those are yes. fun. Just a fun, good time all around. That's the thing, like, the movie over, it, it just is, like, there's just a lot of love to the movie. Like, there's just a lot of, there's a lot of small jokes throughout, scattered throughout to make you, like, keep interest. Tons of love, tons of peace. <laughs> oh, my God. The peace and, and the love. Oh, he drinks uh, Fat Bastard's poop. Yeah. Oh, my Skip God. I wanted to talk about that joke, actually. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, briefly. I gotta say, not a fan of, like, how it concluded, but I loved like how he did it and then they kept he kept pulling it away from his mouth you know what i mean like they teased us with it like we kind of all knew it was coming would have liked it more if it never came yeah that's what i the, what i didn't like about it was when he actually drank it but like up until that point pretty goofy if he gave it to somebody else that would have been yeah like that's better, what i was thinking uh, too right but i also think mike myers is like Nah, I don't want to punch down. I want to be the one embarrassing. <laughs> I want to myself. say it's a bit yeah. nutty. Yeah, you wanted to say that. Definitely want to say that. Hey, you know what? This movie's a bit nutty. It you was. know what? I did want to compliment the movie for the time travel ending thing that they did. I actually thought that was like really clever and really fun. Well, like just as a movie, it was like really entertaining. It was like a better time travel. The overall, the time, the way time yeah. travel is handled in these movies is so much more fun. Not mad at the audience for possibly questioning the logic behind this. Like the way they just like dismiss it is very lighthearted and very like inviting to the audience, as opposed to the Marvel movies where they yell at you for daring to question their fucking genius 
time travel thoughts that they have. Like that fucking scene in Avengers Endgame is like the most like mean spirited shit for an audience. Like fuck you. Like don't fucking do that shit. I hated it so much. You ever see the movie Primer? Primer is great, but. Primer's good. I hated it. It's like a logic puzzle where I'm like, I didn't ask to do a fucking puzzle. I wanted to watch a movie. Hey, the director's a bad man. director's a bad man. I don't want to do a math problem. You're lucky you hate it because that's (laughs) that's what you should do right now. Who's the bad man? Shane Carruth. He did Upstream Color is the other one. Other big thing he did. He's notorious for like not being able to get anybody to work on his movies and not being able to raise money at all, despite having made these like two beloved indie movies. Like he cannot get a movie made because he's like such a fucking asshole. Like, like yeah. he was accused of sexual assault or something mm-hmm. like that. So yeah, yeah, fuck that guy. Mm. Yes. Primer's fun though. Just watch that and take his name off the end. Primer's fun. Just don't bother with the ending. The ending is so saccharine and just bad. I don't get <laughs> it's just Scott's like a bad right because Scott also hates it when movies have rules. So like, if he watches Inception, he's just like, I don't, I don't want this. I don't want to. These rules are too much. But then he also doesn't want to figure out the rules. Yeah. So Scott, what Scott. is it? <laughs> what movie do you want to watch? No. <laughs> Documentaries <laughs> explaining time travel. You should watch a documentary. I think you would like puzzles. You would like maybe like time crimes if you've never seen that. That movie handles time travel without explaining. Or why it to do you. I have to? Why do I have to like a a time travel? Movie? Also fair. You're gonna also love fair. Quantum Leap. You're gonna love it. <laughs> it's Clock Stoppers is the one. For yeah. <laughs> so what are we watching? Clock Stoppers, Mark. End of the time travel sequence being like. The two Austin Powers get distracted by calling each other sexy is so fucking funny. It's so well set up throughout the movie that he's like so in love with they himself. They do the it's menage so a trois. He literally they says, well, you want to have a threesome with yeah. me? It's so good. I just think that that works. It- he catches, uh, he catches, he thinks he's being cheated on and then he finds out it's himself. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he's, and then himself is like, it's not really cheating, baby. <laughs> Uh, do you think uh this was this I don't, when did dolly the sheep happen do you think, think like we were like right in the, the late 90s oh, okay why i don't know i just feel like uh people got like really into like clones in the late 90s from like yeah. a sci-fi yeah. standpoint and now it's like why would anyone want to clone i suck why would i want to clone myself why would anyone want a clone of me <laughs> me the worst that's why the clones Be are bad. no good anymore. Clones together strong. Uh, they had one last bit. Seth Green being like, uh, "I why don't you just go back and kill him? Why don't you just go back in time and kill him? Why are you stealing his mojo? So it was nice that Seth Green was there for us. As the grounding the character. Yeah, to point yeah. out how stupid it was. It was very nice that they did that. Yeah. Uh, and the, the thing with the uh, the mojo plot device is like it seemed like not having it like didn't affect him a whole lot honestly yeah it didn't he was still very charming they're like you never needed it and it's like yeah I, no I'm with you where it's like we never we just never got a sense of what that even meant for him like yeah the one time he couldn't he was like nervous about having sex the one scene that was like the only time it ever affected him in any way and then he acted exactly the same the whole rest of the movie and so then it's just like just it just like lowered the stakes it just felt like like why is anybody doing anything which i didn't mind even because like i actually don't mind that this movie felt really casual like it felt like another episode kind of thing which is like the bond movies at their best sometimes are just like they feel a little episodic and that's not a terrible thing for a series to do i guess but 
Yeah, like it, they could have done a thing. What would have been really fun is if he loses his mojo and he's no longer funny and he's just like really serious the rest of the movie and everybody else is <laughs> wacky and funny. That could have been really great. Ah, uh, that sounds like if Heather Graham's character was like big, bold, crazy because she expected Austin Powers to be this wacky guy. That that's that's a movie, you know, like, I don't know. Um... I think this sounds pretty wild. <laughs> I think this sounds very hard to pull right. off. Spec script. I think just convincing convincing Mike Myers, like, okay, you still have to be in this Austin Powers All right. movie. Exterior but- London <laughs> Day. Oh, my God. No, keep this going. My novelty I, uh, product's so trash this week, so just keep this going. That's uh, okay. Let's, ra- let's rate it. Let's rate it. As a movie, uh, I'm going to give this a, a damn 7.5 out of 10. Uh, I liked it a whole lot. Um, yeah, very enjoyable. Anytime it's on cable, I, let's put it on, baby. And uh, as a spoof, I, t- oh, pff, 10 out of 10. I want this one to have a, a, a GW. Wow. You're going to be disappointed. <laughs> I give it a because... 10 out of 10 as a spoof because Whoa. I also... Wanted in, I wanted in that golden whoopee club because guess what? The this is the only spy movie I think I've watched this year that I've liked, Marty. I think it's the only one. Wow, They're there's all like bad. 10 to pick from, <laughs> yeah, and they're all bad except for this one. I give it like a eight or eight or nine out of ten. I'll let the listener choose <laughs> as a movie, seven out of ten. Not nearly as good as the first one, although I think I gave the first one the same rating. (laughs) This is still just like a good time. Like if you just want to watch a fun comedy movie, this movie works and it still is like a much above average spoof movie for sure. But as a spoof, I gave it a six out of ten. I think it's still a wacky, fun spoof time, but it is so much I think I'm hurting. I'm giving it a lower score because of the first one. I think the first one is like a really a perfect spoof movie. This movie does not clear the bar as well as that one does. And so I'll give it a little higher. I'll give it, you know, what? I'll give it a 9.75 out of 10. (laughs) I'm so confused by this because these are this. They're the same movies. They're not like the like looking back at it. They're like the same fucking movie. The first one is specifically critiquing how the bond movies handle the female characters and this movie just like does the thing that it was making fun of in the first one the first one makes fun of this shit and then the second That's one just true, does that it really ruins it for me you know what i don't disagree but at the same time it doesn't make this movie like any like the jokes and stuff are still just as you're, they're just not grounded in anything as much though like it's still work i agree with you it's still it's still spoofy it's still parroting bond stuff it's still fun uh but it's just not as grounded as the first one is the first one it has like a very clear point and i think that actually always helps a spoof movie if they have a very clear point they're trying to make whether it's like the dumbest point in the world or not like at least having like an angle on your jokes really helps i think and i think that's the thing that hurts this one like i think if this one had the point that the first one has it's probably actually a better movie but because the jokes in this movie are really fucking good but um yeah it just loses itself a little bit holy shit marty do you have a song for us (laughs) i do this week's novelty song is just the two of us the dr evil remix yeah i forgot well we don't need to i'm not gonna send it to you guys because i feel like we've heard it (laughs) 
This is a novelty spoof cover version of Will Smith's rap song, Just the Two of Us, which came from his debut solo album, Big Willie Style. In turn, his song was a cover of Bill Withers and Grover Washington Jr.'s love song of the same name. The Will Smith version was a big hit, peaking where, gentlemen, on the Billboard Hot 100 charts? Kelly? Uh, this was a number one. Easy. And I piggyback off Kelly, I'm going to say number one. <laughs> you guys tie. It was number 20. <clears throat> hey. <laughs> that's, a, that's everyone's bad for not thinking it was a number one song. It's number one in my heart. So I tried finding out why they did this specifically, but they just basically had the idea to just do a straight up parody of the Will Smith song and music video centered around Dr. Evil loving his new clone mini me. My hope was that we wouldn't talk about this during the movie. And I was right. So without that, without further ado, here's a little taste of the Dr. Evil mix of just the mini me. You complete me. Uh huh. Yeah. Just me. Yeah. Just me me and you. Getting jiggy with it. (laughs) Yeah. Mm. Quite pleasant, really. You and I. I had the Austin Powers 2 soundtrack on CD, and I heard this version of the song more times than the Will Smith version, by far. When, (laughs) by the way, the entire soundtrack fucking rips. There's so many killer songs on this soundtrack. So, if you're feeling nostalgic, go check this out. But, to go along with this song for this week, I have a short quiz for you, gentlemen. This week's quiz is called The Cover Quiz, for I'm going to name a famous song give you two artists who did popular versions of that song, and you're going to tell me who did the original. This is a first-to-ring-in kind of situation. So number one, sticking with Austin Powers 2, American Woman. Was it first performed by Lenny Kravitz or the Guess Who? Bring ring. Guess who? <laughs> okay, I think we should decide if we're ringing or they just... Said, uh, Marty said ring in, so you said negative I, one I point say, for Scott. <laughs> Scott broke the rules, so Scott loses a point. <laughs> All right, give me a demerit. Give me a demerit. Kelly, you can guess now. It's obviously the guess who, but I feel bad <laughs> Kelly gets the that. points. Nope, but Kelly I don't want to be up point. by two. Kelly gets one point. I think Kelly... Kelly, you're lucky. Fine, I got I an idea. It's cool. Gave away the it's answer. It's cool. It's to cool. You. Yeah, that was a very hard question. <laughs> it's all right. We'll yes, move I forward. Uh, one to negative one. Don't worry, Scott. One I to got your one. back. The Guess Who first released the song in 1970 on their sixth studio album, which shared the same name as the song. Next, Blinded by the Light. Was this written by Manfred Mann's Earth Band or by Bruce Springsteen? Manfred Mann's Earth Band. There, I got a negative point now. Ring, ring. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> Kelly goes down to zero. Ring, ring. Scott gets the guess. <laughs> was it Manfred Mann's Earth Band? Kelly, would you care to steal? <laughs> no. Oh, my God. What? It was first performed and written by Bruce Springsteen. It was on his first album. Manfred Mann's Earth Band popularized it later on. Wow. Revved up like a deuce? Yep. So the score is zero wow. to negative one. Next. Oh my god. No, it's zero Our, to zero. Wait, no, zero to negative one. Never mind. Zero to negative Continued one. host. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Next, R-E-S-P-E-C-T. Was this first done by Otis Redding or Aretha Franklin? Ring, ring. Scott, say Otis Redding. Scott gets it. It was Otis Redding first wrote and recorded it, but Franklin obviously did her version, which is by far the iconic version of the song. What's the score, Marty? <laughs> zero to zero. <laughs> <laughs> what about what about the song The First Cut is the Deepest? Was this Rod Stewart's song or Cat Stevens? Ring ring. Ring ring. Scott goes. Uh trick question, Cheryl Crow. Kelly, care to guess? Uh Cat Stevens. Kelly gets the point. It was written by Cat Stevens, first recorded by soul singer P.P. Arnold. Cheryl Crow eventually did a cover of this, <laughs> which was a cover of the Rod Stewart song. It was a trick question. No, it wasn't. I mean, yeah, Cheryl Crow did the most famous song, but uh, I didn't want to do Cheryl Crow and like Cat Stevens because that would be like a giveaway that it was Cat Stevens because not a contemporary. More, yeah. Marty, I agree with your question framing. Thank you. Is one to zero. The final question, the song All Along the Watchtower. Was this a Bob Dylan or Jimi Hendrix track first? Ring, ring, Beedle. It is a Bob Dylan song. We have a tie one to one. This was first a Bob Dylan song. Obviously, Jimi Hendrix having done the slowed down electronic version, which is the iconic version of this track. And that does it for the cover quiz this week, gentlemen. Kelly. We did it just like we planned. Yeah, one to one. (laughs) (laughs) Kelly, speaking of planning things, did you plan a novelty product for us? (laughs) Just barely. Uh, I have so many things that like could be novelty products around my house. Mm. But this week, literally, I'm I'm doing koozies, baby. Ooh. Look at you saw me drinking out of these drinks all podcasts. I'm doing koozies. This one's got a beer in it. I'm gonna drink my beer. Do you guys know koozies was a trademarked thing? And like it also is spelled Yeah, it's like Kleenex. Did not What's, know that. What'd you just say? They've I was saying, yeah, it's like Kleenex, like you said. Or like what? Like Kleenex. <laughs> okay. What? <laughs> I don't know what he's trying to do. I could have swore you said Kleenex. What's this? This is like a milk milk situation. What's the well? It's milk. It's like the same. This is definitely a milk milk situation. Oh my god! You know what? I'm being pedantic. You know what? (laughs) Delete me from the podcast. (laughs) No, we'll keep you in. Did you just say Um, (laughs) Big L? Did you just call it a Big L? Did you just call call it an L bite? Say it one more time. You say everything, and then what? Big L? Everything? Big L? (laughs) This guy says Big L. Let's get him. <laughs> Look at this idiot who pronounces it Big L. <laughs> what are you, from Philadelphia? <laughs> uh, Kelly, there's... I was going to point out, in your uh, the frame of your video chat here, I can actually see six six to seven different things that would count as novelty products, I think. <laughs> Some of them you've done. <laughs> Some of them are done, yes. I just went with the most uh, middle-of-the-line novelty product for this week. I figured, hey, I love it. can't be worse than Mickey Mouse plates. Hey, uh, call back to the first episode. <laughs> and I'm also... Ah, I see what, why... Now it's very clever. That was a good plan, <laughs> Kelly. The koozies, I just can't get enough of these guys. Whenever someone's handing one of these out for free, I take it, even though I have a billion of them. 
Yeah, because uh, when you're drinking a beer, what does it do? It gets sweaty, mm-hmm. and it gets sure. salty and gross. Well, and what does the koozie do for you? To me, it serves two purposes. What do you think about this? Oh, my God. Don't even get me started on those two purposes, Scott. For one... Do you see where I'm going with this? It keep my hand dry. That's right. Now you do that other purpose. Now, the drink... Let's... let's, I'm taking a poll. I'll start (laughs) with you, Marty. Do you like a hot drink or a a cold drink? Especially when we're talking a a beer, huh? Well... You know, what's funny is I actually just don't like beer, period, so neither. What about a soda pop? (laughs) If you're drinking a soda pop, what do you want? You want hot or cold? Ooh, piping hot. (laughs) Give me that boiling. You're the definition of no. Okay, no, we just won't do the joke anymore. That's fine. Okay, I'm sorry. I want it cold, Scott. We're playing. No, it's already a, ruined. We're having no, a good time. Momentum's no, gone. Scott, cold, Scott and I Scott. are tossing the basketball back and forth, and you just took out a fucking knife and stabbed <laughs> it. And you're just like, nope. <laughs> sorry, not into this. You guys. So anyway, the, the koozie, it keeps your drink cold. It, tr- it keeps your drink cold. Here's the thing about comedy. I think you have to be truthful and honest in comedy, because that's important. And so I can't lie. When Scott asks me a question about drinking beer, I have to be honest with him. Marty's favorite comedy is uh, a good Ken Burns film. <laughs> so that that would be like if you were like if we were like an improv, if we're doing a, like an improv thing. You'd be like, yes. well, I'm an improv actor on a stage doing a show right now. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you! Shut up. That was I my mean, favorite. That was, oh that my god, my that's my fa- That's the best bit Marty's ever done. Was when he was like, I'm doing a bit. there's a crowd in front of us that's crazy do you ever see that like when people would do that shit when they couldn't think of anything they'd just be like why are all these people here it's just like oh my god so hacky so hacky well we're lucky we don't have any people listening to us (laughs) hey not at this point not at this point we don't nope they turn it off hmm Future Marty is probably listening back. What's up, Future Marty? You're a piece of shit. <laughs> no! <laughs> <Got him. laughs> no! Yeah! <laughs> Future Marty is just like, oh, I really needed a compliment from my friends today. All right. Kill What's him. up, Future Marty? <laughs> What's up, Future Marty? You have a gray beard now. <laughs> oh, my God. Is that a compliment? That was fast. Yeah. That was That's fast. pretty You're much probably... what Marty did to our bit. <laughs> That's essentially what he did to our bit. <laughs> it's always funny when like a comedian when you're when you're talking to someone and you're doing bits or comedy. And it's so fun when they're just like, Oh, I see where they want me to go with this. I'm gonna do the opposite. Mm. It's so fun. I didn't uh, even do the opposite. I did the neither option. <laughs> that's exactly what I'm saying, is like you could have Yeah. You, you just you well it's like it's funny that it grinds it to a screeching halt and so then it's like and there's like you have to analyze uh, it for fun oh, well, <laughs> <laughs> there's like immediate payoff and then like oh i see what you did there like it's it's funny that you like read where we wanted it to go and then like came up with something to i actually did grind not it to understand sc- but then <laughs> i did not know where you wanted that to go actually <laughs> cold drink hot drink well, we're talking about koozies. Yeah, we're talking about koozies. <laughs> let's wrap this back. Okay, I get it. Okay, yeah. let's do a little... Let's do a little oh, role play. Oh, my God. All right, let's start from the beginning. Let's start from the beginning. Kelly, what did you bring for this week's novelty project? 
what? I brought. I bring. I forgot it. I just forgot. No. <laughs> That's what you did. That's what you did That's to our I... fun times. Hey, I have a koozie, and you know what a koozie is for? It's for two things. One thing is keeping your hand dry. The other thing, well, I'm gonna take a little poll. <laughs> Marty, when you're Why are you having starting a beer, with Marty, Marty's or, gonna root it. Or perhaps a soda. Do you like it to be hot or do you like it to be cold? Keep in mind, we're talking about koozies. Here's the thing. I'm cutting carbs out of my diet. I'm cutting carbs, a.k.a. carbonation. Uh, <laughs> Is that what the joke was? Because that's a fun one. Um, I like it cold. I, th- I want my drinks cold, Scott. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Great job. Proud of you, Marty. Good work. Marty, I am... Okay, well... I am uncontrollably well, proud. Well, well thanks dad thank you daddy well since you said that guess what koozies uh keep the drink cold is this a reference to something (laughs) don't understand it i thought you were just letting me uh, finish my bit from like fucking 10 minutes ago now i got a great here let's as we always do we'll end on a good high note top of the line joke yes so i'm at a restaurant the other mm-hmm. day, you know, mm-hmm. how I'm always doing stuff just the other day. I'm at a restaurant. The waiter asked me if I want water, and I say That's yes. That's really irresponsible, by the way. <laughs> oh, this is my kind of improv right now. You're right. Shit. <laughs> I'm irresponsibly at a restaurant just the other day. Just the other day. And the waiter asked me if I want water, and I'm like, yes. He's like... Bubbly or non? And I said, non. I'm trying to cut back on my carbs. That's going to do it for us. Thank you so much for listening. Aww. <laughs> I can't believe this is our 52nd episode. This is, uh, well, we have Austin Powers to bookend our series here. So <laughs> good night and good luck. We really appreciate it. <laughs>